Hello, everyone. Sorry, we're starting just about a minute late today. I was grabbing my coffee. Um, I'm a coffee drinker, I guess that can be the first uh, fact today. So today, um, it's been about a week of doing streams, and I thought it would be fun to learn a little bit more about all of you. Um, and at the same time, um, I can share a little bit about myself. So today will be structured as various quizzes. And as um, I'm waiting for you to answer the quiz, I will answer myself. And that way, we'll, uh, we'll share the time getting to know each other. Um, so come let me know who you are in the chat, first of all, where you're from. And um, during the whole stream, if there's any questions, um, <clears throat> either for me or about vocabulary, please feel free to add them into the chat. Okay, perfect. So first of all, uh, we always have quite a range of people from all over the world. So I am interested to know which world region are you from? Okay, and so I could only actually put five answers, so I wasn't able to split it up as much as I would have liked to. Um, so you'll see I put Asia and Oceania together. Um, and then South and Central America. So there's some regions which maybe I could have split up a bit more, but this was kind of as, as good as it worked with, with five options. So for myself, I was born in North America, in Vancouver, Canada, and I grew up on Vancouver Island, which is um, just an hour and a half from Vancouver on the west coast of Canada. Um, and we're very close to the border with the US. So, um, to give an example, from Vancouver to Seattle down in Washington is just about a two-hour drive. So to the border, you could be there in half an hour. So very, very close to the U.S. border. Um, and most of the population in Canada does live close to the border. Um, as you go further north, it is a lot less uh, populated. Cool. Um, so I was born in North America, but most recently I was living in Europe uh, so I was there for about eight years, and so I'm now Canadian and British. Uh, I did think when I moved to the UK I was going to be getting a European passport. Unfortunately, uh, if you're familiar with Brexit, which I know there's been another stream on it, uh, I do not have a European passport as uh, the UK voted to leave the European Union. So if you want to know more about that, go check out Max's stream on Brexit to learn about what that is. Okay, so let's see where we have everyone from. So the majority of our listeners are from Europe. Uh, Chatterbug, of course, has uh, one of the headquarters in Berlin. So maybe lots of you are in Germany. Next, we have Asia and Oceania. So that would be South and East Asia. So huge, huge populations there. So I imagine maybe we'll, we'll have some more students uh, checking in from there too, as more people join the stream. South and Central America and the Caribbean, uh, three people and two from North America. So I'm guessing those would be our Mexicans or maybe people who are living in um, Canada or the US now. Cool. So nice mix of people as always. Welcome, nice to have you here. So I would like to know how many countries have you visited? So <clears throat> there's some different bands here. Uh, 
I didn't travel much at all when I was younger. I had been to uh, the States a few times. As I said, it was like half an hour drive and there's lots of cheap flights from Canada. And then I had been to Mexico once. It wasn't until I was in university that I had an opportunity to do a, uh, a university exchange. I went for the summer down to Argentina. I see someone's from Argentina. I was in Rosario uh, for six weeks with a host family learning Spanish. And then after that, I tried to find more ways to travel. Eventually, I decided to move to London because it's a great place for career, but also it's a place that has five airports, which are very well connected to the world for great cheap flights. So for example, some of the cheapest flights I got while living in London would be London to Milan for 20 euros. Uh, I've also seen flights less than 10 euros to go from London to Europe. So it was a wonderful place to live as a hub. And that way, I was able to travel a lot. So uh, my kind of love of travel, even though I didn't get to when I was younger, just grew and grew and grew. And so uh, now I'm actually on a long trip. I'm probably going to be traveling for about a year and a half or two years. And I left uh, the UK in September last year, went back to Canada, uh, built a camper van. There's another stream on that if you want to know about building a camper van. And then I've been driving south. So, so far, I made it to Panama. And um, I'm currently in the Dominican Republic as my partner's gone back to work for a few months. So I'm on my own at the moment. Uh, so with all of that, of course, that's a lot of countries that I've covered just on that trip alone, plus living in Europe. So I am now at country number 59. And uh, so I'll get to country 60, I think, sometime in the next couple of months which is very exciting. It's not all about counting countries, but you know, many countries I've visited multiple times, but it's kind of a fun, a fun thing for me. Uh, people count different things. They count the UN recognized countries. There's a list called the, I think it's called the TLL or something like it's travelers. Oh no, it's TC travelers club list, uh, which would count things separately such as uh, like the Canary Islands wouldn't be called part of Spain. It would be considered its own kind of check uh, because it's separate enough. Okay, cool. So let's see here. Um, people from all over. And so most people are saying less than 10, but there's the next largest portion is between 10 and 30. So, you know, a lot of this has to do with where you live. If you live in Europe, it's so easy and inexpensive to jump on a train or a plane. So those living in Europe are gonna be luckier with uh, having the opportunity to visit many countries. It also will depend on your passport. How expensive is it to get visas for these places? Um, how open are other countries to your passport? So I absolutely recognize there is privilege associated with passport and just simply being born somewhere and therefore having an easier time traveling to other countries. So these are some of the factors which can affect, not just, of course, there's budget too, but there's there's ways to keep travel cheaper. And there's another stream on budget travel if you're interested. Uh, but 
yes, there's different factors that allow us to travel. And finally, interests. Some people are not interested and they want to stay at home where it is very comfortable and they're happy there and I'm happy for them. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the next one. What are your hobbies? So again, I'm only allowed to have five categories, so I've kind of just put, there could be one, other ones. Tell me out of these, which ones are your favorites? So what would you ras rather do on a weekend? And in the meantime, let me just go into the chat for a moment. People from all over as usual. And let's see here, Manuel's, I noticed specifically saying Panama is very expensive. Absolutely. Uh, I just spent about six weeks in Panama and I found it extremely expensive. I think for that reason, uh, there's been some recent protests there. So I was there when there were roadblocks throughout the country. I'll be back in Panama in about two weeks. So I'm not sure if those roadblocks are still going on. I'll probably check the news before I get back. But absolutely, it's very expensive. And around the world right now, people are experiencing inflation. Uh, many countries always experience inflation, but it's more widespread this year. Okay, so let's go back to the hobbies and I'll talk a little bit about what I like to do. So enrichment, I love to learn languages. So I've been working on my Spanish since I've been in a lot of Spanish speaking countries for the last nine months or so. So for example, when I was in Panama City, I spent a month, I was working half the day and I was doing Spanish lessons half the day, kind of for fun. Um, maybe one chance I'll have a, maybe one time I'll have a chance to use it professionally, but overall it's for my enjoyment. Next, sports and games. So right now I am working on learning kite surfing or kiteboarding, it can be called. This is using a board and the wind to pull you along. If you haven't heard of it before, I recommend you go give it a Google and check it out. It's really cool. Social activities. So I would say I'm mostly an extroverted person, which means getting energy from other people. However, I kind of go through ebbs and flows. So sometimes I feel more introverted and I am looking to energize by spending time alone rather than surrounded by other people. Um, so this will vary a lot um, throughout the year. <laughs> and then creative, I wouldn't consider myself the most creative person, but I do like taking photos. I've been trying to learn how to put little videos together. Uh, not so much for TikTok is really my thing, but um, Instagram reels and things like that, trying to learn how to do it. Uh, it's definitely more of a Gen Z pursuit, I think, but I'm trying. Uh, and finally, cooking. I do like cooking, but I prefer to cook when it's for other people, not necessarily myself. If it's just me, I'll make something simple like a, a salad or some noodles with vegetables or something, kind of something basic. <laughs> right, and so let's see what everyone else is saying. So what would be their preferred weekend basically for their hobby? 
And most people are saying sports and games. Excellent. Yeah. So that covers a wide range, of course. And that could cover games even such as playing, playing poker or playing chess as well would be games. Cool. And so, yeah, it's important to keep your hobbies and not just be focused on work all the time, of course. So it's, it's nice to have these uh, personal pursuits. Perfect. Let's keep going. So here's a little quote that I would like to know whether you agree with or not. Um, so time is the most valuable thing a man can spend. Do you agree or disagree? And I'll go into the chat quickly. Someone's asked if dance is a sport. Absolutely, dance is a sport. It's uh, very physical. Yes, I would absolutely say dance is a sport. All right, so basically today I've, I've kind of looked up random categories that would be um, common questions when you're getting to know someone. So it might seem a bit random. It is, um, this was the category of time and how people spend their time. And so I think that you become a lot more aware of time uh, as you age and time seems to go faster. And I think one of the reasons that is, is because um, each week becomes a smaller percentage of your life compared to when you were younger. So let's, or let's say a year might be easier to work with. So let's say when you're 10, uh, that year is 10% of your life. Uh, it's a really big chunk of your life and seems very significant. And then as you get older, that same year is a smaller and smaller percentage of your overall life. And so time seems to speed up. And I definitely agree with that. Um, it totally flies. Yeah, so Mameen's saying she's 64 now and time flies. Absolutely, as you're getting older, each year is a smaller and smaller percentage. And you have the privilege of aging. I think there's uh, that's an interesting topic too, talking about aging, but I think growing older and hopefully still having your health and getting to see your family grow is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I don't feel too scared of getting older. Of course, there's not 100% comfortable, but it's part of life. And uh, yeah, for me, I like to approach it in a positive way. Good. So let's see what everyone's saying. So most people are agreeing, a couple people disagreeing. So I guess kind of the alternative would be uh, spending money rather than time. All right, a little bit of caffeine. <laughs> okay, so still kind of on the topic of time, I'm curious to know if you are an early bird. So do you wake up at the crack of dawn as soon as there's light? and you're ready to go with lots of energy. Or maybe you're more like me. I uh, prefer to stay up later and I struggle to get out of bed. I might need some caffeine to get me going. Um, and I really do believe that the world is geared towards early birds. So I wish if only I could be an early bird, life could be so much easier, <laughs> um, but it's just not, it's just not me. I wish I was, um, but I do love sleep and I am able to nap. So even if I'm up really late, 
it's fine as long as I know that I will be able to have the opportunity to have a nap later. It's also, of course, a lot easier to get up when you're on holiday or when you're somewhere really beautiful and you're excited to get out for the day. So I think uh, that helps me be more of an early bird. And then, of course, another thing that helps me be an early bird is flying west. <laughs> so changing time zone does wonders for making you an early bird. Uh, I always find when I was living in London and I was going to visit family in Vancouver, which is an eight hour time difference, it was wonderful. I would wake up maybe five or six in the morning feeling great when really that's uh, like waking up in the afternoon. So I would try to savor that, fav that, that feeling as much as I could before the jet lag went away. Uh, but jet lag going the other way, going east hurts for sure. But going west, I always quite like it. <laughs> All right. And so far, luckily, I don't have too much trouble sleeping. I can sleep really well, like eight or nine hours. But this is also something which I think changes as you get older. So we have a fairly even split, but most people are early birds. So they are the ones getting the worm as the idiom goes. The early bird gets the worm. And I think that's true, but hopefully more roles are becoming flexible. So if people are more night owls and they prefer to work late, they're going to be able to. That's my hope, is that the world is kind of changing to allow people to work according to when they are most productive. Cool. So switching gears again, remember we're doing just different topics for getting to know you. Uh, which music is your favorite? And there's five options here. So again, I could only put five options. So <laughs> I'm missing many genres. I'm actually missing one of my favorite genres, which is reggaeton, um, like Latino music. I love which is lucky since I'm in countries right now where that is played a lot. <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, I really liked country music, the first one. So that's common to find in North America. Uh, but also you'll get a type of country music in other countries. Like in Brazil, I know they have sertanejo, it's called, which is uh, country style music in Portuguese. So maybe your own country would have a sort of country music style. Rap and hip hop, I think also uh, grime could fit under this. If you've heard of London grime, that's a popular up and coming, uh, not up and coming, popular and becoming more mainstream, I guess I would say, genre of music. Uh, rock music, classic, pop top 40. So that encompasses many different types of music, which would also include probably some of the reggaeton that I love so much and other. So none of these would be something that you would put on if you were uh, at home, in the car, at work. Uh, when I do work, actually, I like to listen to um, like electronic music or techno music without too much singing, uh, especially if I'm working on an Excel sheet. I find that that helps me to focus, uh, to put on some sort of like techno music. So I can dance along a bit but I'm not singing along. <laughs> okay, a couple questions here. Someone said same as folklore music. Yeah, I think folklore and country could kind of go together, certainly. Sweet. 
And there was another question, when would waking up be considered an early bird? For me, I would consider you an early bird if you're up on your own, like without needing a, a alarm, maybe at six or something. <laughs> but I guess it depends on your schedule. But yeah, if you're able to get up without an alarm at that time, then I would say, okay, you're probably an early bird. <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, music's important. We all have strong emotions about it. It gets us up and dancing. It can motivate us on a long drive or uh, it can connect with us in different times. So music is important. Okay, so switching gears again. I would like you to share a first date story, if you have one. Um, and I will share one of mine at the same time. So maybe you live in a place where it's more common for there to be arranged marriages. So it's not quite a first date, but maybe you could share something about a first meeting story then with your partner. Um, let's see. So first dates are kind of funny. Sometimes it could be sort of like a blind date, which means that you have never seen them before. Someone might have set you up. Maybe you met on an app. So you've talked, but you haven't seen each other in person. Um, first dates can go really well when you don't want it to leave. And first dates can go really poorly where you have to you have to find a way to get out, whether it's making up something about needing to go help a friend or uh, maybe you're honest. I don't know how common this is, though, that people would just say, sorry, I'm not interested and get out. Uh, so a first date story for myself. So it was about 10 years ago um, that I met my partner and uh, we met at a concert, but weren't really chatting that much. And so I got his number and we uh, decided to go on a date when we were texting the next day. And I had been telling him about um, taking uh, squash lessons, which is like tennis, but you're in a small room. So it was a pretty unique first date. We went to go and play squash. And I was still learning, so he was kind of teaching me more than we were playing a proper game. Uh, but that was kind of a fun thing to do for a first date, doing something active. Uh, so we went and played squash and then went for a walk on the waterfront and went uh, for a drink. In, uh, this was in Vancouver at the time. So I quite like the idea of doing something a bit active. Uh, it could have been competitive, but I was learning. Um, but I think that could be fun too. It gets people kind of out of their shells. So out of your shell means kind of being more natural if you're just having fun. I think it could also be fun to do like mini golf on a first date or uh, something where you're interacting like that. I think some people maybe go on a movie or something, but if you go to a movie, you're not really talking to each other, which is, I guess the point is to see if you want to see this person again so I think a first date something fun is good all right let's see here so let's see if we have any examples so one here 
went to a poetry evening and he was performing, which sounds really sweet, but she says she wasn't impressed at all. <laughs> so that's too bad that um, you weren't impressed. But now she says, looking back, she thinks it was a good performance. So at the time, uh, maybe he invited you to come and see this poetry evening and it didn't work out exactly in his favor at the time. Um, so that's kind of funny, but it's nice to do something different and unique like that. Um, so let's see if anyone else has some first date experiences. Uh, some people hate first dates. It might give them anxiety. Some people might love it. I had a friend who after she was dating one guy for a while, she said, you know what, I kind of miss going on first dates and meeting all these new people. And I said, that's probably a sign that you're not that interested in this current guy. So maybe, maybe it's something to consider. Uh, so it is nice to get out there and meet new people, especially if you're in a new city. Um, so I could understand her perspective in one way, but if she's keen to go out and meet more more guys, then maybe the current one isn't the right one. All right. Cool. So someone's saying that they're going to be doing it today. So good luck. I hope it goes well and you don't have to find a reason to get out of it early. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So now we're switching gears again. New topic. How would you describe your main day-to-day -day role? Um, so are you a student? Are you a private sector employee? Um, are you a public sector employee? So public sector means government. Are you retired or are you self-employed? Have your own business. Just trying to get a little flavor of who we have here. Um, let's see. And if you're looking for a job right now, maybe put that you are looking for a job in the private sector, so a private company or in the public sector, the government. And let's see where our split is. Okay. So as expected, a large amount of private sector. However, there's also a very large amount of public sector, so government employees, a few self-employed, so entrepreneurs, we would call people who have their own business, and a couple of retired, retired students as well. And of course, actually, you're all students today <laughs> on Chatterbug, working on your English, um, but interested to see the split. Cool. That's about what I would expect. So it's pretty even for all the rest, and then private sector is far uh, so for myself, I, um, I've had some experience in the public sector working for the federal government in Canada uh, for a work experience when I was a student. Otherwise, it's been all private sector work. Um, most recently, my, my full-time job in London was working in commercial real estate, uh, acquisition analysis for buildings in Europe. So um, I'm still doing a little bit of that as I travel, but mostly I am traveling now, doing a little bit of chatterbug. Um, so a mix of things and it varies week to week how much I'm working. 
right now. Um, one day, maybe it would be nice to be self-employed, but I know there's a lot of uh, stress and uh, risk that comes with that too. So I'm not sure. Probably for the next while, I will work in the public, uh, no, sorry, the private sector. Um, and I'd like to know if you like your job. So I think um, the last couple of years with the pandemic has given people a time to reflect and maybe they've decided to change careers. Uh, maybe they've decided to go back to school, uh, to go start their own business that they've been thinking about because they realized they're not really happy. Um, of course, you might not be in a position where you're able to take that decision right now. Maybe you need to be saving some more money or something, or you're locked into your role for some other reason. Um, but I mean, you spend probably at least a third of your waking hours at work, right, in your life. So this is a lot of time. Uh, you spend a lot of time with these people. Now we're working from home more, so maybe you're having a bit more balance. But I think it's really important that you try to find work that you like at least most of the time, maybe 70 or 80% of the time. Nothing's perfect. And there's always going to be parts of roles that uh, maybe are not as exciting or don't motivate you as much, but I think it's important that you enjoy your work in general and the people you're around. Um, okay, so we're having kind of a 75-25 a split at the moment. So most people content, and then I think it makes sense that people are looking for changes too, especially with the extra time to reflect that we've had. Um, Cool. And someone here saying, I'm both a student and private sector employee. Cool. Yeah. Uh, when I was a student as well, um, so I went to UBC, University of British Columbia. I also worked at the same time um, for work experience and some part-time uh, kind of tutoring roles. Cool. All right. So yeah, I think the percentage split is staying the same as more people answer. All right, on to a new topic. What is your definition of risk and what's a risk you've taken? So some people are more risk oriented, we would say. And on the other hand, there's people who are risk averse and it's a spectrum. So you probably find yourself somewhere on this spectrum. It might change from time to time. It might vary depending on what the topic is. Uh, so, for example, maybe you are risk averse with investing your money. So you want to do um, only safe investments, but maybe you are risk loving with adventure sports. So you like to go skydiving, um, for example. So there's different parts of your life where uh, you might treat and view risk differently. Um, <clears throat> So speaking about myself as an example, I'm probably a bit more risk averse or risk neutral with, with money. But when it comes, just like the example uh, with kind of extreme sports, I've been bungee jumping and skydiving and um, I like snowboarding. And so I like adrenaline sports. 
So maybe that's a bit more risk loving on that side. Um, also, I suppose traveling to lots of different countries where there's government warnings suggesting not to um, might be risk loving behavior too when it comes to travel. So I assess the risk and I read, I do read those reports, but I feel like often they are exaggerated. Uh, in my opinion, personal opinion, <laughs> and because I'm willing to take uh, the risk to go visit these places. So I would like to know what is your definition? So someone says being out of your comfort zone, um, falling in love is a big risk. Excellent example, totally. Yeah, being vulnerable is a way to say that. Um, changing country, immigrating, yes, absolutely. Um, so I immigrated to the UK in 2014 and while that was a risk, I felt that I always had the option to go home and it was also another English speaking country with uh, some similarities in culture. So it didn't feel like a very big risk to me at the time. If you're moving across the world where it's a new language, uh, completely new culture, then I would consider it a higher risk. Um, some other examples here, equestrian, yep, riding horses can be risky for sure. Um, having surgery, yes, that is risky always. Um, sometimes the doctor might give you the option, you know, you can do this surgery, but here are the risks associated. Um, and scuba diving close to sharks, yes. Absolutely. I think most sharks aren't interested in us, but you never know. Some of them are more aggressive. <laughs> and another, another couple people mentioning uh, moving countries. Perfect. Yeah, so everyone's going to approach this differently. And as I said, it might vary throughout your life. Um, I've also heard people say that once they have kids, for instance, their tolerance for risk um, might go lower, so they have less um, they become more risk averse because they want to protect themselves and their children. And so their mindset changes, which totally makes sense. Um, war is risky, of course. So yeah, currently in the Ukraine, that's um, a risk just to be in your home. Um, being jobless. Investing money can be risky. Having a company, yeah, being an entrepreneur is very risky. And um, being out in the wild, in the jungle, immigration. So lots of great examples here. So yeah, I think throughout our lives, we are going to be confronted with risk. And we're going to be in different stages where uh, we decide to kind of approach this in a more risk-loving or risk-averse way. Okay. Perfect. So now on to another favorite topic is food. Um, so I've actually selected my favorite five types of cuisine here. So that's why there's only five seemingly random cuisines here. So if you had to choose to go out for dinner with a friend which of these five would you choose? And I'm just curious to see uh, 
who has the fa same favorite ones as me, basically. <laughs> you might not like any of these. So let's see what you all say. I think it's just the most universal topic. Um, there's another quote that food is the way through or the way to people's heart is through their stomach. So, uh, the, and it's a great way to communicate with people too. If you don't speak the same language, connecting around food um, is a great place to start. And so even though I really love all these different flavors and spices, I'm actually not that adventurous when it comes to food. I, uh, at least as far as meat, different meats go. So I don't like seafood. I'm not a big fan of lamb. And then there's some vegetables I don't really like. But when it comes to different flavors and spicy food, I'm super happy about that. All right, so let's see what everyone would choose out of this. And I think, I, th I think it's, uh, yeah, probably one of the world favorites is coming out top. Uh, it's the type of food that I think you'd find all over the world. So number one is Italian, of course. So pasta is, I think it's, yeah. You gotta find an Italian restaurant in most countries, I would imagine. It's also, easy to make at home, it's tasty, fills you up, and delicious, fresh food. So Italian's coming out as number one. And then next we have Thai. Love Thai food, um, delicious flavors. And next, then we have Indian, uh, Mexican, and finally Vietnamese. So all of these are delicious, interesting foods, but I kind of thought that Italian might come out as number one. Okay. Perfect. Let's keep going. So let's talk about motivation. What is the best motivator for you? So what gets you going day to day? Um, I'll give you a moment there. And uh, Nella is saying, I mean, the real Italian food, not what Americans call Italian food. Yes, of course. Um, when you go to Italy, that's when you're going to have nice, fresh pasta and the tomatoes taste different. Um, it's very, yeah, Mediterranean food tastes delicious when you're actually in the place, of course. But I do find that there's... Uh, um, around the world, there's more authentic Italian restaurants that are being opened. So not just an Americanized view of Italian food or a chain view of Italian food. I think um, in many large cities, you're finding good Italian cuisine. Okay. All right, so, cool. So what gets you going? What kind of drives your goals? And I would say I agree with what is in lead, the lead right now, so freedom. So freedom is a big thing for me. That's one of the reasons I'm doing the type of trip I am now, uh, traveling long-term. It's, it's giving me a sense of freedom and curiosity um, for the world. It's also a goal <laughs> to travel and see the world. So there's a few reasons. 
I would say it's less about acceptance and status for me. Um, just my current frame of mind. It's probably doing something a bit different actually from other people going and traveling for a long period of time, not putting money into a mortgage or settling down, things like that. So for me, the driving, the driving motivators are freedom, curiosity, and goals, but freedom's number one for me. And I can see that for everyone else as well, that is their number one. So goals is next in line, pretty close behind curiosity, acceptance, and no one has said status. So I think that would be a cultural uh, thing too. In some cultures, I think status can be a very strong driving force. Um, but it sounds like not in this group. And someone else has said also love is a good motivator. Absolutely. Yeah, if you have some other motivators that you want to add, just please add them into the chat and share with everyone there. Um, perfect. So I think with English, all of us are uh, here today. You're working on your English. Uh, curiosity and goals are probably uh, big drivers for learning that and maybe freedom too. freedom to travel, freedom to move to another country, freedom to get a better job. Um, English can help with that. Perfect. Someone said also happiness. I agree. Totally. Okay, so new topic. <laughs> um, do you remember your dreams? So I find that this varies. So sometimes, I think especially if my temperature is a bit elevated, I will have really vivid dreams. And if I wake up in the middle, in the middle of them, they're pretty clear, but suddenly they'll disappear. So sometimes I'll try to tell someone right away so I don't forget it. Um, but I have heard that apparently women dream more and we remember our dreams more. I'm not sure the science behind that, um, just some article I came across, so it might not be true, uh, but interesting theory. Uh, and so we're having about a 75-25 split on this as well for people who say, yes, they remember, and no, they don't. So yeah, sometimes you do. Sometimes it slips away so fast, right? When you first wake up, sometimes you're trying to remember, like, where was I? What's going on? Um, and then it just disappears. <laughs> uh, I've never actually like written them down and started to analyze them. I don't know if I necessarily want to. <laughs> um, but that is uh, a field of study for some people. Uh, studying dreams and what they mean. So let me know in the chat if you have ever kind of studied your dreams or if you have some example of a memorable dream that you want to share with everyone in the chat. Okay, I can't think of one, one kind of recurring dream or recurring element of a dream that I feel comes through a lot for me is often my phone is being stolen or I'm losing it or I'm breaking it. So it's something to do with the phone. And I guess if I was to analyze that, uh, our phones have so much of our personal data and 
it's kind of our connection to the world. So I'm sure there's some analysis there of why uh, things keep happening to my phone in my dreams. And it will be really random dreams otherwise, but that's off, um, often an element that I remember has happened somehow. So how about you? Let me know in the chat. Okay. On to shopping now. So I'm not actually a big fan of shopping. When I'm abroad, it might be fun to go in some little boutiques, uh, but, but really I'm trying not to buy too many things. Um, right now I'm mostly traveling. So if I buy anything, it's gonna get sent back to go into storage at my parents' house. So <laughs> um, yeah, when you're traveling for a long time, it doesn't make sense to buy things as souvenirs everywhere you go. And also it makes sense to try to keep your clothes to a minimum, just kind of keeping it simple. So when you do go shopping, how do you like to shop? So for me, if it's something I don't need to try on, I'll probably buy it online. If it is a brand that I've purchased before, I might buy it online, but I probably still want to go in store because I find that uh, sizing can change and I want to feel the material. Uh, I just want to make sure that it looks good and I hate having to go and do returns. So I would rather go in and spend a day going shopping for clothes if I need them rather than I have some friends who will buy more clothes than they need online, try everything on, but then they need to go back to the post office and send it all back. And for me, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> um, not for me. And so everyone else, it's pretty even split actually. Um, but most people are saying in store, mostly just for clothes. So maybe they'll buy everything else online. So similar to me. Um, of course, it is good to support your local shops. Maybe if you live in a smaller town, it's nice to go and support your neighbors who have local shops uh, for those things that you can get from them. Uh, but otherwise, it's pretty convenient nowadays to shop online. Cool. Yeah, and so still clothes is in the lead with the other two tied. All right, so now onto a new topic. I would like to know, are you a planner or are you more of a spontaneous person? So I would say that I have always been very planned, kind of a type A, we would call it, person. But uh, I've, beco I've become more and more spontaneous as, as time goes on. And I think one of the reasons for that is that I've had experiences of where things just don't work out. And so there's no point being too tied to a plan. So I would say probably I fall under somewhat planned. So I might plan for a few outcomes and maybe this outcome over here will happen, but I still kind of like to have ideas. So I still like to plan, even if I try to keep in mind that it might not happen that way. So what's your kind of approach? Um, do you like to have your weekend plans sorted? Do you like to plan your meals for the week? This type of thing. Okay. 
So, so most people are agreeing with me too, that they're somewhat planned. And then the next one is somewhat spontaneous. <laughs> so I think sometimes what happens is partners get together and one is one way and one is the other. And that can be a reason to fight or have conflict, or maybe it provides balance. And so you kind of find somewhere in the middle. So I find for me, that's, um, that's what I've found is that my partner tends to be a bit more spontaneous. I was more planned and we kind of find a happy medium. <laughs> um, okay. And in the chat, people are sharing a few more dreams, um, exam related dreams. Totally. I think anytime that you're really focused on something, so maybe it's a big project at work or you have exams coming up, you're spending so many of your working hours uh, worrying about this that it comes into your dreamland. And that can be, yeah, very stressful. Sometimes you wake up and you feel more stressed. It's not like you've worked through these issues, which is too bad. Um, but yeah, stress dreams, definitely. Okay, and so still in the lead is somewhat planned. Cool. All right, on to a new topic. As I said, it's a bit random today, <laughs> getting to know each other. Uh, which sport do you like to like the most to watch or play? And so I could only have five options. <laughs> um, for me, I would say it's probably tennis and then football or it's called soccer in the United States and Canada. Um, but I don't really like watching sports on TV, for example. I prefer to watch them live if I have the chance. I might watch them on TV if it's the Olympics or World Cup or something like that. But otherwise, I'm unlikely to spend an afternoon watching, watching football or something like that. So let's hear what people like out of these five if you had to choose. So basketball's in the lead right now, actually. So a lot of people maybe like to watch the NBA. I think that's a fun, that's a really fast sport uh, to watch. That's very exciting. So cool. And then soccer football, which I think is, must be one of the most famous sports in the world now. Excellent. Yeah, and of course, there's many, many more sports. I just took this from a list of the top 10 most popular sports in the world uh, to see where everyone lands. All right, cool. Yeah, that's kind of where I thought it would land, but I didn't expect basketball necessarily to be so high. Um, and none for baseball yet. So I think baseball is very... Um, American slash Latin America, I think, is interested in baseball a lot too. Um, where I'm from, where I'm am currently, I'm currently in the Dominican Republic. Um, there's a lot of baseball players that come from here, so I've noticed there's different like training schools from some of the major league baseball teams here in Dominican Republic. They come here to recruit players, which is interesting. Cool. All right. So we're coming up to the end 
And I'd like to, we've gone through many different topics today. Thank you so much for sharing about your life experiences um, in the quizzes, in the chat. It's nice to get a sense for who we have here. Um, although it might change from stream to stream, it's, uh, it's always good to, to understand who we have on the app <laughs> and what might interest you for streams. So for a very wide open question, I would like to know what is some of the best life advice you have ever received? Um, okay, I'll give you all a moment and I'll go into the chat again. Perfect. One that comes to mind for me is not necessarily life in itself, but it's, it's more work related, but I guess work is a big part of life. But it was that if you're no longer learning, um, then it might be time to look for a change. So if you find yourself plateauing, um, and for me, learning is a motivator as well. So it's that curiosity kind of, uh, kind of feeling, then yeah, it's time to maybe move. If you're not being pushed and you're not learning anymore. So kind of taking time to reflect. Um, I guess that could also be in your personal life. If you're not feeling challenged, uh, change something up then. Okay. So let's see some of the answers. So someone says, don't get married. <laughs> um, funny one for that. I actually have a great aunt who she lived to almost 105 years old. So she was two days short, I think, of 105. And she said that the reason she lived so long is because she never uh, was stressed by having a husband or, or children. So who knows? I'm sure she had some other secrets. Um, I've also seen some studies that say that married people live longer or happier. So I don't know. I think, you know, for each person, it's going to be a different situation. <laughs> um, and of course, I think it's always better to be happy on your own than miserable with someone else. Um, to love myself, to be patient, to learn something different. Um, don't let the fear of death come in the way of whatever you think your aim in life is. Absolutely. I think, as I kind of mentioned before, I think aging is a gift, getting the chance to experience more of the world and see the other people around you grow up. Um, don't trust everyone. Yes, that is important. Probably I find myself, I can be a bit too trusting sometimes. And so I have to... Um, I like to see the best in people, but sometimes I probably need to be a bit less trusting, especially when I'm traveling in other countries and I might not know the customs. Um, stop thinking about other people and do what you have to do. Yeah. Um, practice makes perfect. Happy wife, happy life. That's a good one. <laughs> um, Treat everyone the way you want to be treated. Yes, that's a classic golden rule, we can call it. Um, someone in the chat said, don't have partners in your company. That's a tricky one because I think nowadays, yeah, there's apps or you might meet through friends. But I do think 
a common place for people to meet is at work. And of course, you spend so much of your life there. Um, so I guess it's just navigating that or having maybe a plan that one of you might need to move on if, if uh, it can't be avoided. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent advice from everyone today. Yeah, so thank you all for sharing. I hope that um, those motivators that you have, whether it's freedom or creativity, um, are all things that you're able to, to achieve. And I suppose to end off, is there anything else that you would like to share today? Or is there anything else that you would like to see in another stream? This one was a bit more random, just to give you some background on me. Um, so maybe you get some ideas of other topics I could talk about. It was for me to get a chance to understand the range of people we have on the app. Um, Aram in the chat saying he enjoyed the session. Thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Definitely a bit more random. Um, more conversational, though, was my goal with this one. Um, not necessarily trying to teach you vocab explicitly, but um, giving you the chance to kind of have a conversation almost with me, even though it's a bit one way. <laughs> cool. All right. Very sweet. Someone said I'm a good teacher and anything else. Thank you. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> um, and good luck to me. Thank you. Good luck to you too. Glad to see you again as well. So yeah, I think that's probably it for today. Um, as always, if there's something else that you think of, you want to chat about, even though this is a little bit of a one-way chat, I want it to be more of a two-way chat. So join another stream and let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what you want to talk about. Cool. All right. Have a good rest of the week, everyone. And I hope to see you on another stream soon. Bye.